in the squadron. They called him Bullets. But we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Total victory, total victory, total and complete victory for Donald Trump in Iowa. That was awesome. That was spectacular. And wow, wow. Complete vindication, validation. Everybody, everybody sees it. It's amazing. It's just amazing. So happy for him, happy for the country, and impressed with those people in Iowa uh seeing through all of the nonsense that consumes the media day in, day out, this trial, that trial. How dare he say anything about Joe Biden in the 2020 election? All that stuff. You know what? It's the people's turn. I love it. I love it. Let me see here. 51% of the vote. Remember how many people were running? How many people were on that debate stage? Where are they now? I mean, there were a lot. There was there was Asa Hutchinson. There was Chris Christie. There was uh, who else is no longer on that stage? Hey, Vivek is not in the race anymore. Give him credit for uh, you know the writing on the wall and very bright guy, big future. He's out uh, now. DeSantis and Nikki Haley somehow are going to stay with this. Anyway, forget that. I'll get into the uh, you know the the horse race. I guess you have to do a little bit of that. But uh, number one, Donald Trump, his night cut one. Well, I want to thank everybody. This has been some period of time, and most importantly, we want to thank the great people of Iowa. Thank you. We love you all. What a turnout, what a crowd. And I really think this is time now for everybody, our country, to come together. We want to come together, uh, whether it's Republican or Democrat or liberal or conservative. It would be so nice if we could come together and straighten out the world and straighten out the problems and straighten out all of the death and destruction that we're witnessing. That's practically never been like this. It's uh, just so important, and I want to make that a very big part of our message. We're going to come together. It's going to happen soon, too. It's going to happen soon. I love it. You know, I always had the sense that he could, that the entire country, yes, even liberals, could could look at Trump, listen to the message, what he stands for, what he's against. I had this vision, actually, of him, that message that I heard June 16, 2015, that it was an American message that people could get behind. What, what's happening in this culture right now, it's so thoroughly un-American. It's so thoroughly foreign. And what the, the, the left, the political, the active left is trying to do, they're not running against Trump. They're running against all of us, right? MAGA. Right. MAGA Republicans, MAGA, we're bad people. Why? Because we want a border. Why? Because we don't want the drag queens in school. Are you crazy? So even the liberals and I'm looking at something right now, you know, Trump is in federal court. Is he in federal court right now? Federal court fending off yet another bogus lawsuit. This one from E. Jean Carroll. Yeah, he's actually on his way to the court. He just left Trump Tower. What? Six blocks from where I am right now. It's pretty amazing. And uh, I got this. The jury selection is underway for the second phase of the E. Jean Carroll defamation trial. That looney tune. But here's what here's the headline. <laughs> Three prospective jurors in the heart of Manhattan, when they're asking him questions about Trump, he sa- they say uh, that they think the criminal justice system has been used unfairly against Trump, unfairly against Trump. Potential jurors in New York City 
right? As left-leaning as this place is can see through this stuff. All right, back to last night, though. How many points again? 51% to 21%. George, you know who got the that kind of number? It wasn't even that kind of number. But until this George W. Bush in the year 2000, I think he beat... Who was he running against? McCain by like 14, 13 points. And that was a record back then. 30 points. Uh, and Nikki Haley somehow, she's trying to say that this is a two-person race. Nikki, you came in third. You came. <laughs> what, what, what about this Antis? Uh Cut two. I also want to congratulate Vivek because he did a hell of a job. He came from uh, zero and he's uh, got a big percent, probably 8%, almost 8%. And that's an amazing job. They all did. They're all very smart, very smart people, very capable people. Well, uh, Vivek quit the race. I like him a lot. I think he's uh, got a big future. But uh, Vivek, at the same time, uh, right about the same time, a little bit before. Cut three, please. Cut three. As I've said since the beginning, there are two America First candidates in this race. And earlier tonight, I called Donald Trump to tell him that I congratulated him on his victory. And now going forward, he will have my full endorsement for the presidency. And I think we're going to do the right thing for this country. Well, that is a classy move. I like him a lot. He thought he was going to do better last night. I thought he was going to do a lot better, too, actually. I thought he was going to shock the world, as they say. But what did he get? Like 7% of the vote. And uh, so that's it for him, Uh, at least for now. There are three things he's got to do if he ever wants to be president, and I think he can be. Number one, he's got to buy a ball team. He's got to buy the Jets. He's got to buy, I don't know, the Cleveland Browns something. Because he, he needs a a quick headline. Okay, Vivek Ramaswamy. Oh, yeah, he's the guy who owns uh, the Giants. Yeah, I know that guy. Oh, Vivek Ramaswamy, he's that smart guy. He's rich because mm, nobody knows. Nobody really can articulate why that guy has as much money as he does. And uh, not even Vivek can uh, really adequately describe what the hell he did to get the money. The other thing he's got to do, he's got to run for, I don't know, governor, senator. He's got to he's got to get some people to vote for him for a smaller office. And um and that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. And then it's uh then it's all his. It's all his. Could be. Could be. Uh, do you know who Doug Burgum is? Doug Burgum uh quit the race. Doug Burgum quit the race and uh he was the governor of North Dakota. Trump had nice things to say about him. Uh he's gone. And you never know. He said, maybe Doug Burgum could be in my cabinet, could be in Washington. That would be nice. Next, what is it? Tuesday is New Hampshire. How about this Nikki Haley? Again, she came in. Let me look at this. She came in third place. And the conventional wisdom is there are three tickets out of Iowa, two tickets out of New Hampshire, right? you got ten candidates running in Iowa, first, second, and third. They move on to New Hampshire. Everybody else has to drop out. And that's the way it's typically been. I want to go back to 1988. It's a pretty wild year, 1988. I think um, Pat Robertson won. Dole came in second. George H.W. Bush came in third place. Wow. I got beat by two guys, but he was in the top three. And then he gets to New Hampshire, and he actually wins New Hampshire, and then South Carolina, then Super Tuesday, and very few people can compete on that uh, on that level. Let's see here. Nikki Haley. I don't like her. I just don't like her. She wants it too much. And she, 
I sense that she wants it for herself, not for us, but for her and uh, whoever's funding her. Cut five. When you look at how we're doing in New Hampshire, in South Carolina, and beyond, shut up. Stop. I can safely say tonight Iowa made this Republican primary a two-person race. All right. Well, those two people, I guess, would be DeSantis and Trump. Nikki came in third place. And, you know, the way how backwards it all is in politics. Well, Ron DeSantis spent more time on the ground and his um, the money spent in Iowa and he should have done better. And therefore, Nikki Haley's third place finish is actually like a second place finish. Only political gobbledygook is going to um, propel her campaign. Sooner or later, it will. It already has. I mean, look at this. Combined. Com- you add up all the DeSantis votes, all the Nikki Haley votes together. They're 10 points short of Donald Trump. So I don't see it happening. Who else did he mention in his speech last night? Oh, Carrie Lake. Carrie Lake was there. You know who she is, right? The former news anchor for Fox. And she quote-unquote, lost the gubernatorial campaign in Arizona. I have my concerns about the fairness of the election. It's okay. It's still legal, all right? You you can do that. She's running for the U.S. Senate now. But could Trump pick her as a VP? I don't think so. Not because she's not good. But I don't think that's going to happen this time. But anyway, she's a superstar. Cut six. President Trump will pick a vice president who will make us all proud. And I don't care who he picks. There's so many great fighters in the MAGA movement. Whomever he chooses, I will show up bright and early on Election Day and vote for that ticket. Like, my life depends on it. Wow. Because it does. It does in many ways. You know, um, (laughs) MSNBC is losing their mind. Not so much on Trump, but on the people of Iowa. How could they do this? Didn't they see January 6th? Didn't they see those cops getting beat up? Oh, my gosh. How can they? It was so cynical of them. Right. Because they know we support law enforcement. Right. But, you know, we're wise enough to know that you know, plots happen. You know, not all conspiracy theories are wrong. If you've been watching me and watching my social media and the content on this show and the videos, you have seen that the police left the doors open. Certain members of the Capitol Police left the doors open on January 6th. You've seen that at least one cop was aggressively waving people in on January 6th. And, of course, we all know what happened to Ashley Babbitt on January 6th, shot by a by a cop who was not in uniform, who didn't warn her, who shot an unarmed woman. You know, we don't just blindly follow anything, anything, including the military, including the anybody, any entity has to be monitored and controlled and you know they work for us not the other way around and for too long even the republic especially the republicans that's what they thought they're going to they're going to portray it right if you don't support the the war in iraq you don't support the troops and a lot of people fell for that garbage we've all grown up we've all wised up and we know when we're being played we're not going to get played any longer it was pretty well. Chris Matthews, <laughs> I don't want to dwell too much on the media, but he said, you know, sometimes the people, they actually, they you, 
they don't like the system, they actually will root for David over Goliath. Sometimes they'll do that, and we got to fight that. It's Chris Matthews, the old washed-up jerk from MSNBC. You're damn right we, we root for David over Goliath, you dummy. Unbelievable. Dumb. That's actually evil. Who's the who's one of the heroes of the Bible? David. For crying out loud, he wrote half the Old Testament for crying. <laughs> Can you believe these people? They're actually rooting for David over Goliath. That was a moment. It hasn't received uh, any attention yet. I saw it this morning. I saw it as they were ripping all over us, right? All over MAGA. How can you fall for it? As if you can fool this many people. We know Trump. He knows us. We love the guy. And that's driving them crazy. It really is. So, uh, all right. What's next? Oh, and after uh, New Hampshire, we got South Carolina. And it looks like Trump is going to go over there and really beat bad Nikki Haley. I mean, these people, I think God is saving a special humiliation for each of these people. I don't think, I don't think Ron deserves it anymore. I read he's already had a lot. He's already had a lot. Some guy walked up to him in Iowa the other day, just walked right up to him and gave him a small trophy. And it was the thanks for trying trophy. <laughs> he said, you get a, and Ron just had to stand there and take it. Um, which you do. People come up and say embarrassing things. That's politics. Um, but it looks like Nikki is going to lose bad in her own state of South Carolina. And, uh, that's going to be a special, a special lesson, a special life lesson for Nikki. Don't go back on your word, Nikki. It's going to come back to haunt you. It is right now. Be right back. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground. Cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hi, it's Lou Dobbs for Priority Gold, America's precious metals dealer. These are volatile times with high inflation, soaring debt, wars on multiple continents, and rising financial stress. Central banks are buying gold to diversify their reserves, so are many Americans. Call Priority Gold and find out how precious metals can help you diversify your portfolio. They're highly rated and happy to help. Call 1-866-303-6357 or get a free gold guide at PriorityGoldGuide.com. That's Priority PriorityGoldGuide.com. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, all right, what's the other big deal story that's going on? Uh, Rex Hoyerman, the alleged Gilgo Beach serial killer guy who should have been apprehended in 2012, not 2023. I've been through this before. The cops, they had all this information in 2012. 
They knew the calls were coming from Midtown Manhattan, and they knew the calls were coming from uh, Massapequa Park. They knew it was a big, burly guy, and they knew the big, burly guy drove a Chevrolet Avalanche, which is a pretty unique car. There are only so many of them around. How many big, burly guys who work in Midtown Manhattan and live in Massapequa Park drive avalanches? All right? One. One. And it's too much, you know, oh, the computer didn't tell us. The computer didn't tell us. Well, thank goodness that the new regime came in there in 2022. The DA, Ray Tierney, uh, who else? Uh, uh, Harrison, Rodney Harrison, the police commissioner. And they just they just knew in their bones and their guts that this thing was solvable. And they had that name Rex Hoyerman for a long time. So he's back in court saying he's not guilty. Did we have a tape recorder in the court? No, right? But if you're curious as to what Rex sounds like, I think we have one of those voicemails he left, uh, a young lady. Not a young lady he killed, but a young lady. Go ahead. Hey, this is Rex um, from the BNI group. I, I actually heard you are no longer part of the group, but I still wanted to talk to you. I had a question for you. Um, I also wanted to touch base. So if you get an opportunity, you can always try me at the office or feel free to use my cell. Uh, hope you're doing good. Hope to talk to you soon. Thanks. Well, you got to admit, there's nothing really creepy about that voicemail. All right? There's nothing. I can't say. Uh, James Flippin, you're here. There's nothing necessarily creepy about that. It's no, fine. it's it's hard to remove the context, though. I don't know why. I want to talk to you. Yeah. I don't know why. What the, well, why else would you leave a voicemail? By the way, very few people leave voicemails anymore. Yeah, that's almost creepy in and of itself. Oh, give me a, a break. Spell. You know what? You guys in the creep, you guys <laughs> and the girls with the creep, the moment, you know, and especially with women, I'm sorry, but they all they get all decked out. They put up these uh, sexy pictures on Instagram. And the moment you look for more than a half second, somehow you're the creep. That is true. You're right about that. Unless you're Justin Bieber, who they're trying to attract, right. attract or some football uh, guy. You know, if you're just a guy with a phone and, huh, you know, once I accidentally liked a photo. Oh, boy. <laughs> All hell broke loose. I got calls from the Daily Beast. How dare you like that photo? Yeah, well, yeah. number one, I do like it. Number two, you probably do, too. Right. So this is a news story? This is a news story that a an attractive woman in a bathing suit, yeah, but she's, you know, she's much younger than you. All right. Easy does it, pal. This is when I got angry. She's, I don't know how the hell old she is, but she's she's an adult. Mm-hmm. She's 20-something. Right. Playboy magazine has been putting people in the... You know, 19-year-olds, they're sexually mature people. All right. That may be mad. Uh, anything else we need to know about Hoyerman? Uh, well, I guess this this new charge that he's been hit with kind of connects the dots on the Gilgo Beach 4, because up until this point, Hoyerman had been charged with three of the Gilgo Beach 4 victims. And basically, these are women in their 20s who had been working at, as escorts at the time. Some when are older. Murdered. Some are older, I think. Uh, uh, I guess you could be right about that. I thought that all all four of these particular victims were in that age range. But basically what they're saying is that the hair of Hewerman's wife is how they linked him to these particular victims, that they were wrapped in these burlap sacks when their bodies were dumped at Gilgo Beach, and then later they found hair on the victims that actually connects to Hewerman's wife. You know, well, one of, and one of his own hairs, too. I think it was one of his own hairs as well. Oh, okay. So there's this, too. What a monster this guy apparently is. After he killed them, after he butchered them and did all that stuff, he'd call the family and make, like, perverted phone calls and text them perverted stuff.
Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, the establishment, the deep state, which is real, very real. Do you know what an SES is? You know what an SES is? Senior Executive Service. That is the upper rung of the civil service, the permanent government uh, in Washington, D.C., SES. You can do very, very well. You can become uh, actually even fairly wealthy as an SESer. You can become very, very powerful, and you can also have almost uh, perfect job security. It is so powerful, so entrenched, and they are all freaking out right now about Donald Trump coming back and the end of the party because he's wise to it all. And this is a little story here that should make everybody very, very uncomfortable and I am actually what worries me the most is what will the Democrats come up with? What will the deep state come up with to nullify, to take back, to harm our democracy, actually, to turn around what we are all witnessing, Donald Trump's march to victory? How are they going to disrupt it? They're going to do something. I don't know what it is. I pray for peace. Don't you? I am very worried, though. Very worried. Now, listen to this. This is from... This is just a little while. It's NBC News. Donald Trump is sparking fears among those who understand the inner workings of the Pentagon that he would convert the nonpartisan U.S. military into the muscular arm of his political agenda as he makes comments about dictatorship and devalues the checks and balances that underpin the nation's two-century-old democracy. They're doing the opposite. They have politicized the muscular branch of the Pentagon, right, and they're using it against Trump, against democracy. I've proved this. I have absolutely proved this. That statement from the secretaries of defense that the time for questioning the election was over before January 6th. Where the hell do you get off saying that? General Milley undermining, openly undermining the president of the United States, the sitting president of the United States, trying to trip him up publicly and behind the scenes apologizing that you were a half a block away from the president? What were you doing behind the scenes? Well, here's a clue about what they're doing behind the scenes. Uh, A circle of appointees independent of Trump's political operation steered him away from ideas that would have pushed the limits of presidential power in his last term, according to books they've written and testimony given to Congress. Most were gone by the end. In a new term, many former officials worry that Trump would instead surround himself with loyalists, unwilling to say no. Well, number one, imagine that, a president who wants loyal people around him. Go check on the appointees around Joe Biden, right? (laughs) Go check on the appointees around Barack Obama. This is what you're allowed to do. You're allowed to, and you're supposed to, quite frankly, appoint people who are going to execute the elected leader's agenda. Oh, I don't agree with that. I'm going to do it my way. Who the hell are you? Go out and get uh, 100 million people to vote for you. Trump has raised fresh questions about his intentions if he reigns power by putting forward a legal theory that a president would be free to do nearly anything with impunity, including assassinate political rivals, so long as Congress can't muster the votes to impeach him and throw him out of office. You know, these are disgusting lies. And I know what you're going back to. Well, what about that thing about uh, the SEAL teams and his lawyer said about the SEAL teams? There's in the line of duty and outside the line of duty. There is an official act and an unofficial act. And that is an important legal distinction. They count on the people not knowing it, not understanding, 
most of the people in the media don't understand. In fact, the media, you know, it's a little, uh, came up last night, actually. Gosh, imagine what this country, it's one thing that's going to unify this country. The left and the right, we both know that the media are thoroughly and completely corrupt, right? We know that. And Trump said it out loud. And I think this can be a great unifying message. Go ahead. If the fake news would become real and honest news, 90% of our problems in this country would be solved. They would be solved. It's true. You know what they try to do? They exacerbate problems. You know, I noticed this when I was a kid growing up. They wanted people, they, they want you to think the world is falling apart. That's That's been their M.O. for, well, you know, since they've been in business, since the start, since those uh, the, the broadsheets, the newspapers, all that. It's just you want people on edge. Now, unfortunately, you know what? Some of this stuff has come true. <laughs> the world is kind of falling apart. And that's not me exaggerating, trying to instill worry where nobody should be worried. We all know we've got to be worried. But they have, they're not doing their job. As the founding fathers, you know, the founding fathers wrote a lot about a free press and what they would do and how they'd behave and a check on power. Can you believe a free press actually ignoring and or justifying the death of a of a woman, unarmed woman by a Capitol Hill cop? We've all seen that, right? That's not that's not what they do. Anytime somebody dies at a police officer's hands, right, they raise questions. Sometimes sometimes they overdo it with the questions. And sometimes they try to stir all kinds of strife and problems, right? They do it all the time. Why aren't they doing it there? Why not? Why are they sticking up? Why are they protecting the authorities, protecting the authorities? It's kind of like fascism. A big component, by the way, is that uh, racial factor, right? <laughs> Excuse me. Ashley Babbitt, what's her color again? Michael Byrd, what's his color again? You get it? Hello, Mike in Yonkers. Yes. Hey, hey, how's it going, Greg? Listen, in 2016, uh, Ted Cruz was the one who won the Iowa caucus, and it's an ultra-conservative Republican Party in Iowa. You know, let other states vote and and, and hear from them as well. He barely now, won. He barely won in 2016. Um, wait, what's your point? The point is, is that, and the, and the point is, is that, you know, it, it's one rural state, and and it's a. And Hold on a second. It's it's significant. It is significant. All right. I know what you're saying. Well, Cruz won, and he didn't become president, and that's happened a lot before, right? We've never it's, had. It's an, we've never had a a person like Trump. All right. He's an incumbent president in a way, but he doesn't hold office. Right. We've never had that. We've never had a president, anybody, beat the nearest competition by thirty points. That's never happened before. So this is. If you look at Iowa contests through the years, this is an outlier. This is a big deal. And, um, <laughs> excuse me, what it means for what's coming up, I don't know. I, everybody's all day telling me, you know, the story is now New Hampshire. The story is now New Hampshire. The story is now New Hampshire. Well, they don't want us talking about Iowa because, well, it was an incredible victory. Trump won every county but one, every single county, one little county for Nikki Haley. So it's significant, Mike. Mike, go ahead and talk for a moment. Let's hear from New Hampshire. Let's hear from South Carolina. Well, I mean, we're going to. We're we're going to, but, I mean, that's next week. 
It's 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 next week. I mean, in the meantime, dude, I got to – it's interesting. It's interesting what happened. It's interesting all the money that DeSantis put in. It's interesting that DeSantis wants Iowans, Iowans. I hate that word, Iowans. Got to look at them. They realized, what's with this guy? <laughs> he doesn't seem to like us very much. He doesn't even seem to like people very much. Having said that, DeSantis really grew, I think, as a person and as a candidate. He's better now than he was at the start, a lot better. He should have listened to me, though, in 2022, July. I said, don't do it, Ron. You're not ready, and this is not your time. But he didn't. So, yeah, we'll be watching. But this, is, this isn't this is just, you know, Ted Cruz won in 2016, so this doesn't mean anything for Trump. Do you accept that, Mike? Oh, but You know what? Uh, I do because it is different in that in that he was a, a president uh, the last term. But I, just, I do want to say one other thing, if I may. You know, I, I – you say Nikki Haley, it's all about her, it's all about her. I can't I, I stand Nikki Haley. I can't stand that woman. I hope she drops out immediately. What about her? And that's, and that's very obvious. But I will say this. You, you know, you hardly ever, although lately you do, you hardly ever hear Trump talk about we, us. You know, it's always him, I, I did this, I did that. That's no, actually no. not true. That's actually not true. If you yeah. go back, no, 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 no. If you go back, if you go back and look at these rallies, I watch almost every single one. You watch every single one. He taught he it's we. Now there's a lot of I when he's talking about himself and his record. That's fine. That's fine. But there is a hell of a lot of we. You know, if you don't see that, I, I'm I'm really surprised, Mike. I mean, you think that he's an egomaniac, and he's only only cares about himself. You think he's fooling all of us? You think he fooled everybody in Iowa? It's not I like think, that. I think he, just like most politicians, to be in the game, you have to he, be somewhat of a narcissist. He, he ain't. A he, well, hold on, he, uh, he a narcissist. Could he, <laughs> you got to have a high opinion of yourself, sure. And you know what? What's wrong with that? Our society says that you got to. What's the best icebreaker? Self-deprecation. If you could go into most people's heads and listen, you'd be, oh, my God, they just badmouth themselves. Oh, that was so stupid. Why did I do that? I'm such a jerk. People say that stuff all the time. I think this is a pretty interesting example. Um, I don't know, man. He's not a politician either. It's interesting. He didn't actually run for office until he was 69 years old. That's uh, That's not a politician. And we should have more guys doing that at an older age, actually. You know, when you're young, I think you're programmed to take care of your family first. You got to worry about your family. You got to make sure everybody's okay. You got to take care of yourself. Isn't it amazing that people with crummy credit, you know, you got guys, Marco Rubio, when he ran for president, you know what he owed? He owed $16,000 on a boat and about $200,000. I mean, he just, (laughs) a guy like that should not be president in 20 years, maybe. But not now. Thanks, Mike, very much. Uh, let's listen to, oh, Jerry in Chicago. Yeah. Hi, Greg. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, you had made the comment earlier that uh, you don't know what these Democrats are going to do. Uh, okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. I mean, that sounded kind of dumb the way you said it. I don't know what the, what these Democrats are going to do. It's what are they going to do to stop Trump because they're petrified They've already, let's see, what have they done? They've, in, they've arrested the guy. They've charged the guy. They've impeached the guy. They put him in jail. 
I mean, and it's not working. It's having the opposite effect. So I'm, I'm, I am worried about what the hell they'll come up with next. That's what, that's what worries me. And it does. I'm, I, I, I can't help it. It's there. All right. So just, I know. How about if there is some sort of uprising and martial law is declared? Does Joe Biden stay in power in the White House? If there is some sort of uprising and martial law is declared, geez, is that what you think they're going to come up with? Is that what they're going to try to do? Well, Greg, it only took 19 people to do 9-11. So with all of these uh, Chinese nationalists that are coming over our border, anything could happen. Uh, A lot could happen. And I am actually very worried about all of these men of military age coming from all over the world. It's amazing. I like the good old days where Mexicans came and people from Central America and South America. All right. I understood that. I understood the geography. How the hell is it that Chinese fighting men are coming through Mexico? How is it that half a half a Lagos, Nigeria is showing up in Eagle Pass, Texas. What the hell is that all about? Jerry, we gotta be vigilant. Thank you. Thank you very much. I gotta go back to this thing that NBC News is, uh, is pushing right now. Uh, those taking part in the effort told NBC News they are studying Trump's past actions and 2024 policy positions so that they will be ready if he wins in November. Ready to do what? What are you thinking exactly? Are you thinking coup? Because this actually is starting to read like you guys are plotting another coup. That involves preparing to take legal action and send letters to Trump appointees spelling out consequences they'd face if they undermine constitutional norms. Constitutional norms. You know what that is? That's actually a threatening letter. They take an oath of office. They take an oath. They did this with the Secretary of Defense. We're going to arrest you if you break the law. What kind of what kind of letter is that to somebody who hasn't broken the law, who just took a job? That's a threatening note. You think they're let's see here. We're already starting to put together a team to think through the most damaging types of things that he Trump might do. So we're ready to bring lawsuits if we have to, said Mary McCord, executive director of the Institution for Constitutional Advocacy and Protection at Georgetown Law. Hmm. This sounds creepy. Now, there's one thing, though. At least they're just talking about letters and lawsuits. We can handle those. Part of the aim is to identify like-minded organizations and create a coalition to challenge Trump from day one. Imagine that. You're going to, here we go again. You're going to try to sabotage his presidency all over again. And how are you going to do it? By harassing the people who are actually want to serve government. And he's got to find the people who want to serve government. I mean, serve the people, not serve themselves, not get their resume punched so they can go work for Northrop Grumman or Raytheon or whatever the hell it is. And some of these weapon systems, sometimes I think they're getting a little bit too sophisticated. Too sophisticated. I saw this floating robot the other day that can shoot like 5,000 bullets uh, at the same time in different directions. I'd like... Talk about dominating the battle space. It's almost too effective. We got all, all these nuclear weapons around. Maybe the uh, defense industry needs to take a bit of a breather. You know what I mean? Like, uh, how many more ways can we figure out to kill people and the planet? Be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. 
Hey, on my old show, uh, Good Day New York, they've got Kurt Menefee is the co-host now with Rosanna Scotto. Uh, looks like they're off to a good start. And, uh, yeah, he's the, he's the new guy sitting next to Rosanna. Man, I did that show, it seems for a long time, but it's been a long time ago. Seven, seven years ago, almost seven years ago, I left. I was on the show for nine. And, um, who's been on that show since I left? Rosanna's been on. And then let's see, Lori Stokes was there for a while. Somebody else was there for a while. Another person. Oh, uh, Bianca Peters. She was very good. But I like Kurt. I see him on the Fox, uh, the Fox sports stuff, which I don't like too much. The, the sport. I don't, I don't spend a lot of time doing that, but. But he's a, he's a nice guy. All right. We'll see how that works out. Um, what else is going on? Oh yeah. Trump is actually in court confronting that whack job, E. Jean Carroll. And if anybody needs confronting, it's her. Cut 12, please. Cut 12. You don't feel like a victim. I was not thrown on the ground and ravished. Which the word rape carries so many sexual connotations. This was not, this was not sexual. It just, it, it hurt. It just, what, it just, you know. Well, I think most people think of rape as a, I mean, it is a violent assault. It is not. I a think sexual. most people think of rape as being sexy. Mm-hmm. Let's take a short break. Think of the fantasies. Mm-hmm. We're going to take a quick break. If you can stick around, we'll talk more on the other side. You're fascinating to talk to. <laughs> she sounds uh, deranged. And maybe even on pills or alcohol, something is. This is a deranged woman who should have been, I mean, laughed out of court. But goofball, bucktooth governor uh, Kathy Hochul said they rearranged the law so that crackpots like this could come forward and say anything. Just wild stuff, wild stuff against anybody. She does not know the year. She does not know the year this happened. Um, 95, 96. And because it didn't happen. I don't believe a word of this. Now, that part I just played you is, it gets played a lot. But I went back and I went, okay, I want to see more of this. Because she was like, a, it's like a 20-minute interview. It's funny. Ten minutes have been totally removed from the Internet. Totally removed. You can't. It's 20 minutes, but you only have the, you only have certain parts. Well, I just found a big chunk. And this is illuminating. They actually let this person in a federal court. Donald Trump is going to have to apparently pay her money. Because of this bogus, impossible story. She has no credibility. Listen to this. Uh, it's going to be a couple of minutes. Uh, cut one. Pl- no, 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 no. Uh, cut 13. Cut 13. I want to begin just by asking you about the latest thing that the president has said just moments, short time ago. He gave an interview to The Hill. He said, I'll say it with great respect. Number one, she's not my type. Number two, it never happened. It never happened. Okay. I love that. I am so glad I am not his type. I am so glad. This is, this was 20 years ago. And I probably was. Stop! At that moment. Actually, when she said this, it was 25 years ago, right? But she made it up. Keep going. In that five minutes, the most attractive woman in Bergdorf's, in that one bit of time. And you think that's what it was about for him? I don't know what it was about. We were, Anderson, we were having a high old time. You remember Donald Trump, hail fellow well met, walking up and down the streets of New York, greeting everybody. Everybody liked him. He You're was talking about 1995, 96. He was Shakespearean. He was great. You'd love to see him on the street. So when we met in Bergdorf's 
and he said, help me, uh, advise me to find a president, I was delighted. I was thrilled. I thought, this is hilarious. I'm wondering, the statement that he said, which he's just made, which is, she's not my type number one, that was the number one thing. I love that I'm not his type. He has said that previously, there was a woman, Jessica Leeds, oh, who, who came forward. All right, and- stop. This gets better and weirder, and more and more it exonerates Trump. That she is in court with these allegations, that's the crime. Be right back with that. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Oh, 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 o